Hey, hey. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, my goodness. I got a little bit of <clears throat> there. Hey, hey. Happy Thursday if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. If not, happy whatever day it is when you're listening to it. But it comes out on Thursday. So, Thursday, April 1st, Ashley. And this is not a joke. You get it? Because it's April Fool's. <laughs> that was lame. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to Queer Street. This is episode nine. Yay! We're almost to double digits, y'all. Almost. Almost. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It's been so crazy, right? I mean, I can't believe it's been, uh, what, nine weeks, right? Oh, crazy. Anywho, so today we are talking about the stepsister. Now, I really like this one, y'all. I really like it, okay? And um, it has got a good um, sequel. It's one of the ones that has a sequel, but we'll get to that obviously later. But it's good. It's good. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So this was published on November 1st, 1990. We're still in the first year of a new decade here in Shadyside. And it is November. It's fall. It comes at 165 pages. So it's a little bit more than normal, but that's good. This one is this this one uses its extra pages to its um to its benefit. It's a good one. It's it's good. So let's um the cover, y'all. I really love the cover. So you've got you've got like a little dresser with a lamp and a, and a mirror, and you've got one girl reading what's clearly someone's diary, and she's like got like a gasp look on her face. Her back's to you, but you can see her reflection of her face in the mirror, and then also in the mirror behind her, you can see somebody else, and this bitch is pissed. Clearly, it's the owner of the of the diary but the girl reading the diary doesn't know she's there so i really like this because it's like a you know it's like a sneak peek in there it's really good it does um kind of relate to the story we'll get to that with the diary later but i love it um the tagline it says when she moved into emily's room the terror began and when we go to the back normally i read the back first i think but whatever you know my podcast so we turn to the back, it says, and I just, I mean, Bill Schmidt, by the way, did, you know, good old Bill. And it gets me, there's there's one of my biggest pet peeves on the cover, though, is the top drawer of the dresser is open and there's cl- like, a, like a, a night something or like a sock hanging out. Oh, sweet baby unicorns. I cannot stand it when cabinet doors or like the pantry door or closet doors or um, drawers are left like a jar or open. Oh, sweet. God, that drives me crazy. The kids will go and get a drink of water, like to go get a glass. They go to get one glass and every goddamn cabinet door in the kitchen is open. Why were you, why, why were you in the kitchen, in the, in the cabinet where the pans are? You know where the glass, oh God, I hate it. Anywho, so whoever has this dresser, put your clothes in the damn drawer and shut it. I cannot stand, it's one of my, I can't y'all, I can't. Anyway, anywho. Oh, I need a drink. That just frustrates the hell out of me. Even though it's just thing, but Bill, you did it again. It's a good, great cover. So we turn to the back and the blurb says, Emily wants to be like her new stepsister. Oh, Emily, not doing <laughs> she doesn't want to be like her. Emily wants to like her new stepsister. Sorry, it's late, y'all. But Jessie doesn't make it easy for her. As soon as Jessie moves in, she takes over Emily's room, starts wearing Jessie's clothes, makes secret late night phone calls on Emily's phone. And that's just the beginning. Before long, Emily is living in total fear of her stepsister. Emily tries complaining to her parents, but Jesse is such a good liar, no one will believe Emily. We can use the pronouns here, people. We don't have to say Emily every damn sentence. We could say her and she, but anywho. Emily's terror mounts when she picks up Jesse's diary. Huh? 
now you get that cover, right? And learn the horrifying secrets from Jesse's past. Did Jesse really murder someone? Did she plan to murder again? Emily knows she must find out the rest of her stepsister's dark secret. Her own life depends on it. So it's a good blurb. It gives you, you know, a little brief thing, even though it, you know, is woefully under utilizing pronouns. Um, we don't need to read Emily's name in it. We know it's about Emily. I mean, Jeez, I'm crow. In that one paragraph, every sentence has her name in it. Anywho, but I love it because it references the front. It references the story a little bit. I love it. Get right to it. Oh, also, um, I put like a little Q&A, a little poll on my Instagram stories. If you ever want to do that, I'm gonna, I decided to do that. I got that good advice from the fabulous Robbie over at Moby Fict because he's been putting some questions for um, uh, when he does author interviews on his podcast. And I was like, you know what? I think that's a good idea, Robbie. You're right. I'm going to do that. So I asked a poll, are you an only child or do you have siblings? Because I am an only child. And y'all, even to this day, yes, I'm spoiled rotten. And my parents, I love them to death. They spoiled me. And I have three kids. But every now and then, I kind of wish I had a sibling, you know, like a, a built-in BFF. Of course, knowing my like I'd have it, we'd be horrible enemies. But I'm a singleton. I'm an only child. But 79% of you said that you had siblings. And so, you know, I don't know. Are you like Emily and Jesse? Does one of your siblings want to kill you? 79% of y'all. I mean, out of that 79%, surely one or 2% of y'all have a sibling or a step-sibling that might possibly be wanting to murder you. So if that's you, listen up because, you know, there's some things you need to look for. As for the other 21% of us, I guess we're just going to have to get murdered the old-fashioned way by a stranger or somebody that we just know. What a rip, right? So, anywho, chapter one, we're introduced to the main character, Emily Casey. She's brushing her hair. She's bitching to her sister, Nancy. She doesn't like her hair because it's like shredded wheat. She's complaining that she's fat. Nancy's like, oh, my God, just shut up. You know, but Jesse's, sorry, Emily's nervous because their new step-siblings, Jesse and her brother, Rich, are moving in because her mom just got married and um, Hugh Walner is his name. Hugh Walner. I, I, and uh, the name Hugh, whenever I hear it, I think like the last name needs to be like Dick or something like that. <laughs> I feel like that's such like a setup for a joke name. But anyway, Hugh Walner is his name and he's kind of an asshole. We'll get to that in a minute. But anywho, they, um, they're moving in today and Jesse's super nervous because she um, obviously has a sister, Nancy, but Jesse's going to be, did I say Jesse? I get so confused. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. Emily's nervous because she has Nancy as a sister, but she's going to be sharing a room with Jesse. And so she's like, eh. and then she's got their stepbrother, Richard, moving in. And he's kind of, he's kind of quiet or whatever. But then she, she, you know, she comes in, her little dog, her little terrier tiger comes in and snoogles her and snuggles her. And she's happy. Then they get there. They welcome them. They're like, welcome to Fear Street. Because of course they live on Fear Street, y'all. Um, and they're like, wow, this is a big rambling house, you know, because why, you know, and Emily explains that her mom and her, you know, dead, dead dad, well, not her dead dad, you know, when he was still alive, he doesn't still want to fix the house up, but he did, but they like fixer upper. So they like this, you know, they like shady side. They like fear street, the old rambling houses, you know, the usual thing. So Jesse immediately sees tiger and does not like her, thinks he's horrible. Jesse's cranky. She's kind of a bitch. She's upset. They had to move. And so she's just complaining, you know, she doesn't want to be there, you know? And so Emily's like, damn, I was trying, you know, to look at this. And all of a sudden, Jesse up and rips the head off of Emily's beloved teddy bear, Maxie. Mm-hmm. Bitch just rips that head right off. Claims it was an accident. 
But Emily's like, um, okay. But, you know, she understands, okay, Jesse's had to move. She gave up her friends. You know, she moved to a new town. She's got step siblings. She's sharing room too. You know, it maybe it was an accident. She tries to give her the benefit of the doubt, right? Now, they also get to talking. Nancy's in there teasing Emily because apparently Emily is going out with Josh, who used to be Nancy's boyfriend until they broke up and he left her for Emily. Now, come on, Josh. Come on. I know Shady Side is small, but there's lots of fish in the pond out there. So, you know, mm -hmm. so, but Nancy's just teasing and Emily and Jesse's like, oh, wow, are you crazy? Right? That's, I mean, like, is that okay? Are and Emily's like, yeah, we're fine. They're just friends. They're over it. It was awkward at first, but you know, it's okay. So, but right away, as soon as, you know, Emily's trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, Jesse's like, she chooses Emily's bed. She wants to move the night, the nightstand. She's kind of taken over the room. And once again, Emily's like, damn bitch, back off. But Emily gives in. She's going to make her accommodate and everything. So they go down, you know, they're down to for dinner. They meet. We've got Mr. Hugh Walner. <laughs> <laughs> and he's super hard on rich he's like like teasing chastising him about being quiet about being awkward he reads stephen king he's a bookworm ain't nothing wrong with that and we're all here because we like to read i mean hello anyway mr walner so um and then suddenly emily's thinking about her dad's death Okay, turns out it was a couple years ago, like five years ago or whatever, they were at a lake, the boat capsized and he drowns. And she blames herself because they went out together. So she's traumatized about that. And then later on, Emily's on the phone with Josh and Mr. Walner <laughs> is still on Rich, you know, talking about it. You know, he's just, he's really just being an ass. He's always kind of teasing him. You know, you don't apply yourself, yada, yada, yada. I mean, just really just being a dick. So next day, Jesse comes down for school wearing Emily's sweater. They argue about that. Jesse insists it's hers. Emily insists it's hers. The parents are all like, girls, girls, get along. Y'all can share clothes. You've got to get used to having a sister, even though Emily already has a sister. But anyway, so right away, once again, Emily's got her hackles up about this new bitch and her family. Mm. Get a drink. Does not, is not happy with her. So then after dinner, you know, she like, Emily's like, I need a break. I need a break. So she goes upstairs to work on her paper on the computer. And I'm guessing y'all, I'm picturing one of the, you know, like if this is 1990 y'all. So first of all, you know that they got some coin because 1990 computer, you know, it's one of the big old desktops. It's got them big old three and a half inch floppies for all you youngsters out there. This is, I mean, back in the day before we had USB, we had like these other discs, um, before we had those, we had these big ones with like a hole in the middle and that's what, that's what they're using. But anyway, you're gonna have to look it up, get on like, get on, um, Wikipedia or the Google or something that's probably in the Smithsonian too. So once again, Fear Street making me feel all of my 900 years old. Anywho, so Jessie's, or uh, Emily's writing her paper. She's like, oh, I need snacks. She goes downstairs, gets a snack. Everybody's kind of gone to bed. The house is quiet, goes back upstairs to where she finds Jesse at the computer. And Jesse's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were using it. Okay, I'll come. Let me know when you're done. Well, as soon as Emily sits down, uh, yeah, her entire report is gone. So immediately she lunges at Emily. They're fighting. The parents come in, break it up. The sweater gets torn. It is a cat fight, right? Knockdown drag out. And they are just going at it. They're clearly not getting along. It's been like two days and they've already fought like 47 times. 
So, and the parents are just all like, girls, girls, like they're not, you know, come on, do something. I mean, we all, you know, this isn't the fucking Brady Bunch. We're not all getting along. They need to do something. But Emily goes to talk to Nancy to vent. And Nancy's like, you know, we need to go easy on Jesse. She has her own problems. She was seeing a psychiatrist before, you know, before they moved here. So she had to leave that. She left her friends. We need to go easy. And so now Emily's feeling a little bit of love back a bitch. You know, maybe she judged her too harshly. Okay, I'll give her a second chance. You know, I didn't know that. So then Josh comes over. They're hanging out. They're smooching and all that. And then Jesse notices, or uh, Emily notices Jesse like sneaking around the corner, eavesdropping. And so she's all like, "Damn! Every time I go to think you're gonna be all right, girl, you but you make me double, double, double guess, second guess, second guess myself. You know, mm-hmm. And so that night, she overhears Jesse in the middle of the night on the phone saying. I could kill her. Mm -hmm. That's right. So not only is she talking on the phone in the middle of the night, which apparently is a really big deal in the, in this house. I mean, because they make note of it that she's talking on the phone in the middle of the night, like chill out. You've got bigger issues. So you're using the phone in the middle of the night. I mean, I, okay, whatever, but geez, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe she's calling long distance. Who knows? So at school the next day, Emily's talking to her friend, Kathy. She's asking how things are going. We get a little bit of a cameo from Della. You know, our girl Della from The Overnight and from the last book, Halloween Party. We even get a cameo from our twice appearing gay, Ricky Shore. He's there. Woo woo, double gay. And so this is his third appearance. I mean, come on now. Come on, Ricky. I see you. So they make a cameo and she's talking to Josh and she's talking to Kathy and she's like, I just, you know, I, I don't like her. We're not getting along. And to make matters worse, Jesse's new BFF at school is Emily's, you know, enemy, Krista. So she's like, she's made friends with my, I just, I don't get it. You know, I, I, we're not getting along. And Kathy's a real good friend. She's all like, yeah, girl, that bitch is crazy. Okay. Whereas her boyfriend's like, you just need to calm down. I really like Kathy because Kathy got her back. Kathy's got Emily's back right away. She's ride or die. She's like, let's cut a bitch. I, we're not going to have this. We're not playing. But everybody else is like, you need to calm down. So they go home. Jesse and Emily start talking. They're making like Sundays. They get into a whipped cream fight, which, you know, <laughs> I can imagine if this, you know, were like one of those cheesy 80s horror movies. You know, this is where like everybody's in like those skimpy 90s and they're fighting with whipped cream. I don't think that's probably what it is, but maybe it was. I don't know. So they get into like a whipped cream fight, you know, with that aerosol whipped cream, which who doesn't love that? I've, I've never gotten to a cream fight that I'm aware of, that I know of, that I'm going to talk about. I'm no, just kidding. I haven't. So <laughs> and then Nancy comes and they all find it's all sisters are doing it for themselves or whatever the song says. They're getting along. They're, you know throwing whipped cream all over the kitchen. So then they're like, ha ha. So then they go to take a shower, the cleanup. But when Emily gets out of the shower, she realizes somebody has tampered with her shampoo and put peroxide in and her hair is all bleached. She freaks out. They start and once again, you know, I, I mean, how quickly we forget the, the, the fun whipped cream fights of our youth when things go wrong, because now they're fighting. She's blaming Emily again. Nancy even blames Emily. And the fight's broken up by the fact that a police officer brings Rich home. He was caught at the mall um, shoplifting. Well, you know, Hugh Walner, that jackass, he gets all on him. 
you know, why can't you do anything right? You're making da 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 you know, really getting on poor old Rich. But Rich says it was an accident, he meant to pay for it, yada, yada, yada. So now Emily and Jesse, they're clearly not speaking. It's basketball game the next time. She's talking to Kathy. Once again, you know, her girl Kathy got her back. She's not going to have this. She's not going to have nobody messing with her best friend. She's ready to take on Jesse. But um, they're talking about it. And then Josh takes her home and she gets home. She's like, where is Tiger? You know, normally he comes and greets me. She's tired. And she comes into the kitchen and bam, wouldn't you know it? There is her little dog, y'all, stabbed to death, yo, in the kitchen floor. She freaks the fuck out. I would too. How traumatizing is that? That's worse than finding like, you know, your, you know, Nancy or somebody dead. Uh, so sad. So her poor little dog, Tiger, is dead. And, you know, so she screams, throws a fit, comes down. And this is where Mr. Um, Dickhead Walner again blames Rich. Maybe Rich, if you did it, you know, because geez, Louise, Christ on a cracker. I mean, he's not, you know, collecting animal bones and killing animals. He's not a psychopath. Why is Mr. Walner constantly blaming Rich for everything? God, lay off, Mr. Walner. Makes me so frustrated. But Rich flips out. He's like, no, it's not me. Why are you going to leave me alone? You know? And so Emily is obviously blaming Jesse. And Jesse's like, I'm, it was not me. I'm so sorry. Let me run you this bath to help you calm down, relax. And Emily's like, bitch, please. I ain't taking that damn bath. I don't know what you put in it. Did we not just forget that you done bleached my hair? You killed my dog. You stole my sweater. You erased my report. She's like, I am not. Well, this is probably the smartest thing Emily could do. Who the hell knows what was in that bath water? But she's like, no, I just, I'm too tired. I'm going to go to bed. Someone wakes her up in the middle of the night. It's her enemy, Krista and Jesse, and they got a knife. Well, it turns out that was just like a dream, but there is somebody really waking her up and it's Rich. And he's waking her up and she's like, what the hell are you doing in my room? And he's like, I just want you to know I didn't kill your dog. Oh, Y'all, Rich. Oh, hugs, Rich. I'll drink to that. He's like, I didn't do it. I'm sorry you're upset. And she's like, okay, I believe you. And he goes to bed. And that's when she noticed that the window is open and Jesse's gone. So what do you do when that happens? What do you do when your stepsister, whom you're sure is trying to murder you and is tormenting you, obviously you go through their diary. I mean, what else is left to do? So she reads Jesse's diary and in it, it says, they think that I killed Jolie. So now Jesse's like, well, or now Emily's like, well, that's Jesse's issue. Bitch is a murderer. She's got, she's a murderer. She was, you know, a psycho. She's seeing a psychiatrist and now she's here and she's going to kill me. She's going to kill me. So the next day they wake up. Ain't nobody taking care of this poor dead dog. I mean, they're like, we'll call the SBCA in the morning. Go bury the dog in a backyard. Put it in a trash bag or something. I don't know what they did with it. I don't know if they put it in a freezer, if they put it in the fridge, they put it on the porch. They don't say, but it's creepy. They should have done something humane with it. And this is why, y'all, because you know what's in, in Emily's backpack? Her dead fucking dog. Shit goes down. Now, thank God it was not in the damn locker. You know how I feel about them shady side high students not locking their damn lockers. But it was in her backpack. So clearly it was somebody from her house. Now, that's pretty traumatizing. First of all, you find your dead dog. Then you find your dead dog in your backpack. Uh, we're lucky Emily still has, you know, her wits about her. So now, flash forward three days. Emily and Jesse are understandably not speaking. They're having dinner. Rich 
uh, has a black eye. He got into a fight at school. So, you know, Mr. Dickhead Walner is on him. Back the fuck off, Hugh. Anyway, they're all fighting. It's very tense dinner. <laughs> uh, Dickhead Walner and um, Emily and Nancy's mom are just trying to be like, oh, yeah, it was really tense, you know, but, you know, shit's going down. It's not, it's not you know, a very Brady family here. Like I said, again, Josh comes over. He's, she's like, let's get out of here. They go out on a little date, but they come back. And as they're, you know, saying goodbye, she looks up and she sees Jesse spying on her from the window. Well, now she's super. This is the second time that that old pervert Jesse has been watching her while she's with her man. And she's scared. So next day at school, her enemy, Krista, confronts her. And she's like, why are you being so mean to Jesse? She's not doing anything, and Emily's all like, bitch, I ain't talking to you. I'm not doing this here. Leave me alone. Leave me, stop standing up for this, this crazy woman that's trying to kill me living in my house. So she leaves her, and then, of course, she goes to the bathroom, because that's what you do in high school, I guess, when you're a girl and you need to get away from things. You go to the bathroom. Well, in the bathroom, she finds Jesse. Jesse confronts her. She's like, why are you doing this to me? You know, why are you doing this? She's like, what are you, crazy? Well, that's when Emily snaps, and she's like, I'm not the crazy one. I'm not saying a shrink. <gasps> Oh, and that's where like you get that soap opera music where you go -da -da -da, and like you get both people's faces going, <gasps> you know, and so Jesse starts crying and runs out. And so Emily remembers, you know, while I'm in the bathroom, I may as well go while I'm here. Well, she comes out, she smells smoke. There's a fire in the trash can and the door is blocked. The, the bathroom is filling up with fire. She's starting to, you know, she's got to get low, get low, get low to the floor. Stop, drop and roll. Which I read a funny thing the other day <laughs> on probably Instagram. Who knows where I read it? But it was like, <laughs> like elementary school or something severely uh, misprepared me for uh, how often I would need to stop, drop, and roll. I have never once been on fire, which is so true. You know, like when I was growing up, it was like, stop, drop, roll. I have never been in a situation where I needed to stop, drop, and roll. Yet that is, you know, that's, I mean, how often were we told that? I mean, how often did people think we were going to be set on fire? Anyway, so, I mean, Emily needed it because, you know, she's in a burning bathroom now. So she's trapped. Well, before she can pass out from smoke inhalation, a teacher comes in, checking to make sure everybody, because they've pulled the fire alarm, they're evacuating the building. So she saves her. Nancy's like, I'm going to take you home. And um, on the way home, Emily tells her all about the confrontation in the bathroom and how she thinks Jesse locked her in there and she's scared of her. Okay. So now if that's all enough, the next chapter, we got Nancy, Emily, Emily's friend, Kathy and Jesse all on the way to the big flashy city of Waynesbridge, you know, the neighboring city to Shady Side, where they're going to see a concert. And like, I mean, are we seriously, how are we all doing this? But turns out that um, Emily and Nancy's mom convinced her to give an extra ticket to Jesse to try to smooth over. And, you know, Emily, bless her heart. She's a pushover. Whatever. So she does. They're stuck in traffic. They're climbing. They finally get there, but they haven't missed anything. They got tickets in the nosebleed section because I guess that's all they could afford, even though, you know, she got that big old computer at home, but they didn't get good seats. So they're climbing up. And as you know, the concert starts, the lights kind of go down, you know, and she turns around to see and someone shoves her. And, you know, like, I have, we have here like Reliant Arena and the Astrodome. And so I'm sure in all of, you know, all of your big arena places, you know, they got those concrete stairs. So she's falling down these concrete stairs, hits her arm, hits her, hits her head, looks back up. And there's Jesse kind of staring down at her with like a smirk on her face. So she tells Nancy, someone push me. That bitch push me. She's got it out for me. Okay. 
So now she thinks not only is she trying to make my life a living hell, but that bitch is for sure trying to kill me like she killed that Jolie from the uh, a diary, not Angelina Jolie, which how weird is that? Like the name Aunt Jolie. I've never heard of that, but I mean, it's not Angelina. I guess it's maybe it's not an uncommon name. I don't know. Anywho. So um, next chapter, Emily's coming home from working at Kathy's and she sees Josh's car parked outside her house. And she's like, oh, sweetie, came over to check on me. But the closer she gets, the windows are all fogged up. Mm-hmm. You know who he's in there with? That's right. He's in there with Jesse. And so she is not happy. Who would be? Who would be? So she goes and runs into Nancy, tells her what's going on. She's upset. She's like, where is Jesse? And Nancy's all like, oh, well, she left here a little while ago to go see Krista. And Emily's like, bitch, please. She's out macking on my man in the car. So she's upset. She goes up to her bedroom and there's Rich on her bed reading a book. He's like, he was just looking for some place to be quiet. Poor, sweet Rich. And so she's all weirded out by this. But he's just, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. I just wanted a quiet place to read, you know. And she's like, that's okay. And then he's like, I'll leave you alone. So she's sitting there thinking about Jesse and Josh and she's cold. So she goes to get her flannel nightgown because wowie, sexy town. So um, she can't find it, right? So she's like, well, I bet that bitch Jesse took it. So she goes to look through Jesse's drawers because Jesse's probably the one that keeps her damn drawers pulled open with the stuff hanging out. And in a drawer full of scarves underneath it, she finds a bloody knife, the one that was used to kill her poor dog, Tiger. So now she's sure that her stepsister is out to kill her. Next chapter, we find out family's going on a camping trip because what better to bring your family together when one step sibling could be potentially trying to murder another step sibling? You've got the dickhead dad, you know, berating the the one child. This is a really, really dysfunctional family. So we all we need to take this out into the wilderness and camp together. So they're going to camp, probably into Fear Street Woods, probably, you know, who knows? Because what better place to unify our family than in a haunted woods? Whatever. We are having enough problems. But I'm not going to judge. I'm going to drink, though. Well, I'm done with that one for now. I have to refill that. So they're setting up camp. Jesse and Emily are getting firewood. And Emily's all like, I'm getting caught in the woods alone with this bitch. So she kind of wanders away from her. But then she gets lost and comes across a an old cemetery in the middle of the woods. As one does. I mean, that's you're bound to. You go wandering through the woods, you're bound to come across some Blair Witch shit or a cemetery. That's just how life works. If it hasn't happened to you yet, chances are it will. So she wanders into this old cemetery. She's lost. She sees this open grave and she's like, what the fuck? And someone shoves her from behind and she falls in the grave. So she's in this grave. She's screaming, Jesse, let me out. She tries to climb up and then wham, a shovel comes and hits her in the arm and breaks her damn arm. Now that's some that's some hardcore shit. She's just trying to climb out of this grave. So, whoom! It swings again. The shovel that is not her arm. Her broken arm is probably just swinging too, like dangling, um, like a big old limp noodle. And so, um, it all the second swing almost hits her on the head. She looks up. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the bum bum bum. It's Nancy, y'all. It's her sister, Nancy. And that bitch has lost her ever-loving mind. She is swinging this shovel like there's no tomorrow trying to kill her sister. And Emily's like, what the fuck? Why are you doing this? And Nancy lays all that shit bare. She said, you killed dad. He's dead because of you. You took my boyfriend, Josh. And now you're going to pay. And how are you going to pay? You're going to pay with your life, bitch. So she confesses it all. She shoves her back down into the gr- into the grave and starts to bury her alive because she did not come to play. 
She literally came to slay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that just came upon me. I didn't even plan that one. So she literally came to slay. So she's burying her alive. And Jesse's like, and then Jesse comes up behind her. They're fighting. She's trying to overpower Nancy. And then um, Nancy, though, shoves Jesse off and comes to, you know, take care of Emily, swing this shovel down, knock her into, you know, literally the next life. And Jesse hits her upside the head with a shovel, knocks her unconscious, rescues Emily, and all is well. Okay. So she saves her. We come out the last chapter. We've got our denouement or whatever, denouement, denominant, denominominos, denouement, denouement. You know what I'm talking about. I can't remember how to say it. I know how to spell it because I'm a good speller. Yes. But I can't remember how to say it. Denouement, denouement, denouement. It's like a French sign of word. Anywho, so we're coming back and this is where everything's coming along. And here we get a little bit of like step sibling love between Emily and Jesse. And they're, you know, they're, they're apologizing and they're just, they're having a moment. And so Jesse's telling her, I was sneaking out and talking to my boyfriend, Darren on the phone late at night. Cause I miss him so much. It's hard. I was in therapy because my best friend Jolie died. And the room around school was that I killed her. And it's just like, I, I've just led a hard life. And then I couldn't figure out why you didn't like me. And, and, and Emily's like, I thought you were trying to kill me. And so, you know, they just, they hug it out. They hug it out. I mean, and isn't that what family's about? You think one of them bunnies trying to kill you. It's not them. It's somebody else in your family's trying to kill you. So then you just got to go make amends with the person you thought was trying to kill you who didn't try to kill you. That is family y'all. That is what family is all about. So they've got this talk. They're all fine. Happy ending. Oh, I gave it four stars because um, it, it was a little like a lot of shit goes down. I mean, I figure like, you know, we could have maybe cut a little bit of pages out. I mean, clearly it was overly set up to make us think that it was Jesse. A lot of shit happened, but I really liked it. Goodreads gives it three or 3.77. This is one of the highest Raider ones. Sadly though, we have no deaths. Tiger, I know you died, but you're a dog. I'll make note of you, but we have no human deaths, which still leaves us at five. Nine books in and five deaths. We're under 50% here, Stein. Come on now. Step it up. We'll see. Now the fear clearly file this one under crazy bitch because we've got that crazy sister. Okay. And this is what you come for. This is what you come for. You've been waiting for it. The queer you probably, I may have already kind of given it away. I've kind of already talked about this person. The queer is clearly rich. Clearly he is having troubles with all of his burgeoning homosexual hormones, just raging in him. And you know, and he's got a dick for a dad and rich is our gay. He's having a hard time. He's having a hard time. So um, hopefully, you know, now that no one in his family is trying to kill anybody, he can come out happily and be supported by his family. Um, even hopefully his 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 um, rude ass dad. So Rich is our queer. Oh, such a good one. He was a good queer. And bonus, we got a queer cameo. A queermeo. <laughs> I don't even know this. <laughs> we got a queer cameo from our two-time queer Ricky. So yay, Ricky. Now next week, we're going to be talking about, where is it? Ski weekend. Now this is good because y'all know I love me. I just hit myself in the face when I was pointing at the computer. Um, I love me a good locked room mystery. I love a good ski lodge snowed in murder mystery. 
these are fun. You know, um, one of the ver one of the movie versions of, um, and then there were none. 10 Little Indians, you know, about either uh, Christie takes place in a ski chalet. I love a good locked room trapped on a ski mansion. There's um, One by One by Ruth Ware, the new one. There's um, The Hunting Party. Oh, it's so much fun because snow's beautiful, but what's, what's even better in the snow? Murder. So next week we'll talk about Ski Weekend, but this week it was all about the stepsisters. And you know what? Step siblings aren't that bad because sometimes it's your real blood relatives that are trying to kill you instead. So learn your lesson. And so for those, what was it? 79% of you out there with siblings, watch your back and stay queer. Bye.